Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is at it again. Restoring people. Today, two people who are typically not at the head of the line. Geographically, Jesus goes up into Gentile territory. Tyre and Sidon are up on the coast north of Galilee. And then he heads after that down to the Decapolis, which is kind of east of Galilee, but another Gentile area. He goes to a mom, or a mom comes to him, and then people bring a man who can't hear and can't speak well to Jesus. And what's Jesus doing up there anyway in Gentile territory? He's out of bounds. And it's indeed here that the Gospel of Mark wants us to be very clear of what's happening, the geography of which is important, that he does these things in Gentile territory with people who were not at the top of the ladder. I don't know about you, but it seems like well, it's always been this way, but it seems like getting to the front of the line is the preoccupation of everyone today. Whether it be at school or in our workplaces or on the TV with all the shows we watch, it's all a story of trying to get to the front of the line. You wouldn't want to see me at Disneyland if you were trying to take cuts in front of me. <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. What is it with us and being at the front of the line? My goodness, I waited for half hour to give Goodwill some stuff. And I just started feeling better and better as I got closer and closer. Well, Jesus encounters people who are in the back of the line. And isn't it interesting that he oftentimes says the last shall be first in his kingdom? Well, both these stories proclaim and preach and bring such good news to us. My job today is simply to help unpack it. This encounter Jesus has with this amazing Syrophoenician woman. I love this woman. She's one of my favorite characters in all of Scripture. And it's caused this encounter, that is, of Jesus and this woman has caused many a preacher a lot of angst and many a listener a lot of angst because doesn't Jesus seem to be pretty mean here? And then there's lots of ways to explain away what Jesus says. And some of them may be accurate, some of them may not. After all, God's covenant was to bless Israel so they would be a blessing to all. The good news, the good stuff, the goods go first to God's people, to Israel, and then to us Gentiles. He didn't say anything that wasn't true, but just the way he says it. 
gives us pause, doesn't it? Is it right to give the bread of the children to the dogs? And by the way, in the Bible, dogs are not like dogs for us today. At least I'm a dog person, and we, we have dogs. We love dogs. They didn't love dogs back then. When I was in Ethiopia, and I told one of the families that we have two dogs in our house, they almost couldn't handle it. I mean, they don't bring dogs in their house. <laughs> so it's a pretty harsh thing, Jesus says. But maybe there's something here for us, because isn't it true that oftentimes when we come to God, it seems like the door is shut. We have our prayers and our longings, and it seems that it doesn't go anywhere. Here this Syrophoenician woman comes pleading, begging for her daughter. We got a lot of parents sitting out here. And when you're a good parent and a loving parent, the welfare of your kids is your life. Think about this woman whose daughter has this evil, unclean, oppressive spirit that haunts her. I wonder what she's done prior to this to try and bring freedom and relief to her daughter. And she hears about Jesus and she comes to him. And at first, Jesus seems to just Don't we sometimes feel that in our approach to God? That God seems hidden? For many people, God is not a gracious God. I mean, we have to take our loved ones sometimes who are dealing with Alzheimer's and we have to place them maybe in a memory care unit after praying and praying and praying that somehow they would be spared from that awful disease. Sometimes it's like the door is shut. Sometimes our beloved people get cancer. And that cancer takes them from us. Sometimes we have our plans and it just seems like they hit a dead end, right? Lots of times. Well, what do we do in these times? I kind of think about that other story with Jesus and the rich man. Our mandate guys studied that this past week. Where, you know, he thinks he's done everything well, he's, everything's good. And Jesus says, oh, one other thing, get rid of everything you have and sell it all and give it to the poor. And instead of hanging with Jesus, he bails. But not this Syrophoenician woman. <laughs> Is it right to give the bread of the children to the dogs? No, she hangs in there. And maybe she just shows us what real faith looks like. 
That when you're in the face of what seems to be a no, what seems to be, I can't see what God's up to, I can't see what way forward, I don't know what's going on. Um, when there's contradictions to God's involvement in our lives and God's goodness in our lives, maybe right here in this moment we have the key to faith. I think about so many people I've talked to who struggle with the whole concept of faith. First of all, they think that faith means zero doubt. No, that's not true. <laughs> faith is only faith in the face of doubt. If you don't have any doubt, how do you have faith? <laughs> it's not even faith. But so many walls that people run into with faith. This woman runs into a wall, but she will not let go of her love for her daughter and her dependence and banking on the mercy of this itinerant creature who has healed so many and the words got out and she's going to bank on his mercy and compassion. She is good with the crumb. And she stops Jesus in his tracks. Whoa! For having said this, Jesus said, your daughter is fine now. She is okay with the crumbs. Even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. How do we come to the Lord? What is faith? Faith in the midst of so many walls is clinging to promise, banking on, holding on to God's promised goodness. That's what she does. What do we do? We don't depend on our intellect to figure it out. I mean, we can come up with lots of explanations of why there's evil in the world and why bad things happen to people we love and good people, wonderful people. We can come up with lots of thinking about that, great. But what we do is we hang on like that Syrophoenician woman to God's mercy and his promise. And when he was raised, raised Jesus from the dead, that was like, look, you cling to the promise in the midst of every contradiction. The crumb. In the crumbs, our life. <laughs> I think about the bread that we'll receive today where Jesus has said, I promise you, I'm here. And I promise you, I forgive you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood that we're going to receive that today, that Jesus comes to us and gives us that. Go home. <laughs> Your daughter is well. What do you think that trip was like for that mom? I wonder how far it was from where she talked to Jesus and when, where her daughter was. But I imagine she went pretty quick. Pretty quick to see that she was made whole. Thinking about um, what might be the future for her daughter. So off she goes. And off we go. 
having heard the promise, confirmed in the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we go, we go forth and we run and we cling to the promise in the midst of every contradiction because someday when we get home, it will be the resurrection of the dead and all will be made right. Right now, we have the crumbs. And in these crumbs is life. If that were not enough, if that were not enough, now Jesus heads south. He travels along more, back to more Gentile area, and his friends, evidently his friends, bring a man who cannot hear and because of that cannot speak. Are we bringing those who cannot hear to hear the good news? I think about that deaf man, Jesus, you know, I don't know how he did it, puts his hands in the ears and hands in the mouth. He's pretty earthy in his healings. And so, so he gets right in there and he gives this man hearing. But I think about the friends who brought him there. And I see in that moment the reason we exist as a congregation. To help people encounter Christ. Be connected to him. Because when they get, we get connected to him, he puts his hands on our ears and he opens our ears because they are blocked. We cannot hear God's goodness. We cannot hear his grace. But in Christ, he puts his hands on our ears and we hear and believe. That's why we're here. And if you didn't know, that's why you got up this morning and put on that mask and came to church. <laughs> or if you didn't know, that's why you're sitting on your couch listening to worship today instead of something else. Because Jesus opens our ears to hear the goodness and grace of God. The past is the past, the future is the future, but right now in this moment, he touches us and wants us to hear something. Be opened, he says. Be open. Here, I've got you in my hands. I love you. I'm with you always. That's, that's the promise. I love the stories today of the cochlear implants. Have you read some of those? I remember seeing a video of a young child who had never heard one thing their whole life. And I remember seeing the video and seeing the child's eyes just light up. <laughs> That's what people are ready to have happen to them when they hear what you know and what I know. That Jesus loves them and forgives them all their sins. That they are not an accident in this world and that they are cherished and beloved that's what Jesus died for. That's what he was raised for. And that's what he put us here for. So that we will hear and have our ears open. And we will let that good news come to those who desperately want to hear it. <sighs> who desperately want to taste it. <laughs> who desperately just want some of those crumbs that bring life. May God feed us today with the crumbs 
with the bread of his mercy and love. Amen. Gracious and loving God, fill us with your spirit and open our ears and feed us this day. Amen.